Hello everybody, welcome back to Terrace Talk. Is this finally the weekend that Norwich City secure their promotion back to the Premier League? It feels like it's been imminent for a few weeks now, but it can finally be confirmed this Saturday if they beat Bournemouth or results go their way elsewhere. We'll of course get into the various permutations, but I'm joined by Norwich City fans Ross uh, Ross Bullard and then Bournemouth fan and a colleague of mine, Neil Perry. Um, Ross, we'll, we'll come to you first. Um, obviously, we're, we're talking about a possible promotion this weekend, given um, the cards lining up in, in, in the right fashion. But just talk to us a little bit about how you're preparing to celebrate, because obviously in these times, it's very difficult, isn't it, in terms of how people can actually get together and enjoy this moment after what has been a, a remarkable season. Yeah, definitely. It's been, um, I think it's obviously for a, for a number of weeks, I, I could be maybe very confident to say months. It's been sort of when, not if um, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm lucky enough I managed to get myself in at a local pub in the garden uh, where they are showing it so uh, a group of mates we can actually go down there and uh, and enjoy it for, for, for what we can at this moment in time and um, fingers crossed it won't be too far away and we can actually get back there next year and um, yeah the thoughts the noise that will be going on in Carrow Road when we are back up to full capacity is going to be it's going to be something else that's for sure um, but yeah we can just enjoy it for what we've got at the minute and that is we can go back at a pub we can drink beers with mates and um, and sort of make the most of what we can do at the minute so yeah at least at least there's that at least there's that opportunity to share it with other people which perhaps we haven't had in in recent months have we in terms of um, I was speaking to someone about this earlier in terms of this season it, it kind of feels there's sort of two dimensions though the people that maybe feel a little sort of tinged with sadness I guess a little bit that um, sort of fans haven't been there to see what's been a remarkable season potentially record-breaking season but equally there's probably the other aspect of well it's provided a link to some sort of normality during what's been an incredibly difficult time for everyone so just as you kind of reflect on the season and how you've had to support it from home where, where do you kind of sit between those two I suppose? Uh, yeah, it's an odd one. It's one to tell the grandkids in years to come. You know, oh, how was our, our best ever season? What was that like? Oh, yeah, well, I watched it on a laptop on iFollow for most of it. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an odd one. I mean, like I say, for me, it's it's been brilliant to have that to look forward to every Saturday, even though we can't be there. You still got, you know, WhatsApp group chats with your mates and, you know, still moan about the same players and, and moan about the same sort of, sort of things as we would in the Barclay on a Saturday afternoon. But, um no, it's definitely been a different one, but fair play to I follow and been able to have that opportunity to, to watch to watch every game as we have. Um, but it just will. I mean, we're at a stage now. I was lucky enough to go to Car Road in December when it was two thousand, and that was, albeit it was it was nice to be back. But I'll be completely honest, it did feel like a bit of a pre-season friendly atmosphere, just the way that it was. But very fortunate to go back in there. Um, but once it's back to full capacity, that's when that that will really get the uh, get the blood going, I think. And and get that capacity back to back to full, and they deserve it. The boys deserve it, and I just hope that everyone stays and we don't lose anyone in the summer, um, so that they all get the the plaudits that they quite rightly deserve for what's been a sensational season altogether. Yeah, it's kind of a surreal situation, isn't it? The Norwich fans, the last game we could have seen with a full Carrow Road could have been in the Premier League and the next one looks like it's going to be in the Premier League as well. So it's a a very significant chapter that's that's kind of been missed out. Neil, we, we were kind of talking about this um, off camera, but for you, both from a professional perspective and with your Bournemouth hat on, it's probably best that Swansea or Brentford, well, both of them drop points at lunchtime and Norwich City's promotion is confirmed about half two. That works best for, for Bournemouth, doesn't it? 
I would much, much prefer that. That it's all done and dusted, the inevitable sorted, and um, then, frankly, the you know the onus is on is on us to to go and spoil the party a little bit, rather than Norwich really needing anything. And you know what I would very much like as a Bournemouth fan is it to be done and dusted. Norwich may be slightly distracted, already have half an eye thinking where they're going to be playing next season, um, and and give us a bit more of an opportunity to keep up our good run of form. But from a you know from the point of view is uh, I know I'm the only Bournemouth fan in an office full of uh, Norwich fans. I'm very very much in the minority. Um, you know, you, you it's very strange being in that situation um, when you're. It's almost assumed because you live here, you support um, you support Norwich. But uh, no, that's that's not me. But um, yeah, I, I very much hope it's done and dusted. Just so we can get on with with carrying on doing what we're doing, it's you know it's five on the spin we've won, and that's you know it's, that's that's good form. It's it's the kind of form you want as a team that's that's pushing into the the playoffs. And I I'm hopeful that they'll be able to keep that going, even though you know from what I've seen, Norwich are, are far and away the best team in the division this year. Well, I was, I was going to point out Bournemouth's um, good form and I saw um, actually just before we, we started recording on, on social media, a Bournemouth fan sort of described this this fixture as Bournemouth's most important this season because of what you said there and because they're obviously um, they're, they're in a fairly solid position, aren't they, over Reading who play on Friday night, but that gap could potentially be closed with, with a defeat at Carrow Road. So it is a really important fixture for, for Bournemouth this weekend. Well, everyone always talks about having momentum going into into the playoffs, and at the more, at the moment, Bournemouth are the team with momentum. But you know, with just it's only a handful of games left, that momentum can very much disappear very quickly. Um, just as my dog can you probably hear in the background go crazy very quickly, probably a bird outside. Um, but if if they don't keep that momentum going, they could very easily drop out of the playoffs because there's so many teams that are still buzzing around that area and that, that gap could disappear really, really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's it with the playoffs, isn't it? It's often the, the form, as Norwich will, will know from what 2015 it was when Norwich won the playoffs, that having being in good form as you go into them can often be really crucial, um, especially compared to teams like Swansea recently who've been really struggling to pick up uh, wins, or even, even though they've done pretty well in, in the next, in the last two games rather. Um, Ross, looking at it from this weekend and, and what Neil has said there and the importance of this fixture from, for, from Bournemouth's perspective, as a Norwich fan, does that make you slightly concerned or would you prefer actually a team with something to play for in terms of spectacle? How, how are you feeling about Bournemouth? As Neil said, they're probably going to be in a, in a party pooping mood, I would imagine. Yeah, I think in years gone by, I probably would have been a bit worried. Um, just thinking a couple of years ago, I think obviously Sheffield Wednesday came here with nothing to nothing to play for and got a draw on that Easter, Easter weekend. And when we had those few runs of draws at the end of it, I just think now, I, I honestly just think this team is just full throttle on the acceleration and they're not going to let up for anyone. I, I really can't see it. And in years gone by with the Norwich team, you have sort of seen the foot gone off the gas maybe and we're done, feet up. But I genuinely think these guys want to want to have a record-breaking season. They want to, they really want to break a load of records across the board. I've got a mate who's a Reading fan who's got great delight in telling me that we're not going to beat their 106 record now and that's sort of all they've got to cling on to and you'd think they'd be worried about the playoffs rather than that, but there we go. Um and I, I, yeah, I just genuinely think I just can't see it. I just think the mentality of everyone at the minute is win, 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 and let's keep going. And as much as Bournemouth are in good form and and could cause an issue with their with their form and, and what they've got to play for, I just 
I just can't see past us at the minute. And I know second half on on Saturday, you know, we did maybe see that sort of little bit of um, the foot coming off the gas, maybe slightly. But in years gone by, Norwich would have drawn would have drawn that game. So it, you can look at it both ways in that sense. What, what is it now? 13 games unbeaten for Norwich and 11 of those have been wins. It's been a remarkable sort of uptick in form after that. What many people have described as a blip, three games without a win. I think we can probably reflect on it now. But Ross, we're at this position and when teams get themselves into this position where they need, as Norwich do, two points, they can go up in the next game. It's an inevitability, isn't it? It's pretty much a formality that Norwich City are going to be in the in the Premier League next season. In terms of an achievement, I'm reflecting on perhaps the situation the club was in after relegation from the Premier League. Has this season been better than than you could have hoped for, given all of the noise, all of the speculation that, that surrounded last summer? Yeah, I think if, if you look back to, I, I always think to this year and think back to Derby at home when we lost 1-0 on that Wayne Rooney free kick. And I, I remember being sat in the pub with a few mates and we all were thinking, OK, we're, we're questioning, questioning it a bit here in terms of are we, are we actually going to have the the credentials to go up and to mount a challenge. And to be fair to Farker, we had games after that, I think it was Birmingham, Wickham, and we got we got some late goals and some important wins. And then from there it's just it's just gone on. I don't think anyone in their right mind would say, despite keeping the likes of players that we did with Buendia, Campwell, Aarons, etc., that we would go on to have the season that we're having. Um but at the same time, I think it's a huge credit to Farker. I was one of those in October that was seriously thinking, with the players that we've kept here, there is more and more pressure and a lot of noise uh, and a lot of uh, performances and results that need to be delivered here. And and he's managed to produce it. And you can't, you can't, you can't knock that at all. And I just think, let alone to get where we are, it's the style in which we've done it and the manner in which we've done it. And from two years ago, even last year in the Premier League, we're all worried about the defensive um, mentality and how we would cope defensively and and are we strong enough at the back and have we got that sort of grit and fight and that bit of backbone and I think this year we've just completely shown it and that you know that's got a lie with him in terms of how he's managed to, to turn that round with a with the players that have come in in, in Gibson um, and Hanley's obviously been able to keep free of injuries and I think that's just we'll look back and I I, I, I don't want to do it and I know you don't like doing it either comparing from two years ago to, to now. Um, but they're just two completely different seasons, both brilliant achievements. One one was less expected than probably the other on paper. Um, but it's been it's been superb from start to finish and you've, you've got a praise for what he's done. Yeah, so, someone said to me today, and it, it made me sit back and notice, actually, they said, if you look at the last four months, Norwich City have pretty much dominated every game. That's, that's, that is such an achievement, particularly in the Championship, where consistency can, can often be, be hard to find. Um, Neil, given this talk about Norwich and how well they've adapted to this season, it probably um, sort of lends me to, to ask this question about Bournemouth. And, and we obviously see Norwich and Watford in the top two. They're both looking in, in fairly healthy positions for an instant Premier League return. What what hasn't happened at Bournemouth to to make that a reality um, for 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 you guys? I, I suppose is is there what well, I guess Eddie Howe leaving probably is is the major factor in that. But what has I don't want to say gone wrong because this could still end up being a, a hugely successful season. But perhaps what hasn't happened that maybe has happened at Norwich and Watford? Well, for me, I'm, I I still see it as a success. Um, I can remember um, looking at the squad at the start of the season and thinking. Yeah, we we have lost a lot of players. We've lost a manager who's been there for a long time. 
we've been relying for too long on players who helped us come up through the leagues and have still been around. And the players that we brought in to supplement um, over the, those previous couple of seasons, some of them just weren't quite kicking on and becoming Premier League players. They, they'd proven they were very good maybe in the Championship or, or, or lower, but hadn't quite made it work um, at, at, the cha- at the Premier League level. So the question I was, you know, someone like Dom Solanke, for example, you know, he was someone we needed to absolutely step up and, and prove that he could be a Premier League player, which, you know, now he's had a chance to, you know, stretch his legs in the championship. He's he's proven that he's that he is a good striker. He's got, was it, 13, 14 goals. Could arguably have had, had a few more, um, but is looking like a dangerous player. And when I looked at the squad at the start of the season, I was thinking, it's either going to click or we're going to completely fade away just because we haven't had enough players who've stepped on and and, and had the confidence to become a, a, a team that would challenge and had the, you know, Ross, you used the word grit, to to be able to battle their way through a championship season to to be at the top. And we started quite well, faded, um, and have sort of gone under the radar a little bit. We've sort of, I think most people had written Bournemouth off as a team who weren't going to be quite good enough to make the playoffs. But it seems to have clicked under under Woodgate. He's he's found something that seems to be working. Um, and for me, I, I wouldn't write write it off as a as a failure. I said at the start of the season, if anyone finished above Norwich, then they would definitely go up, um, just because they'd kept their very best players uh, around, really. Um, whereas you know some of our better players, uh, you know Callum Wilson had gone, for example, and you know that was the source of a lot of our our goals when he was you know fit. So for me, I'm I'm quite pleased to be honest. Um, I thought it was actually going to be a bit worse considering how many players we'd lost. Um, you know we'd lost our, our goalkeeper who you know done very well. Begovic, you're never quite sure what you're going to get from him, but he's he's settled and got on with it. He's you know, it was it AC Milan he was at last year or whatever, not getting a game, but um, he's 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 got on with it and proven he why he played at some good clubs. So I, I wouldn't write it off as a failure, but you know, Watford and, and Norwich have probably been the best two teams, and frankly, and I know it's <laughs> I should rattle the sable a bit more. Probably deserve to be there. In in terms of going into the playoffs, and it's not guaranteed yet. There there is, I think, a five point cushion between you guys and Reading now, so it's it's looking fairly healthy. But uh, are you confident heading into the playoffs, given some of the sides in there, Swansea, Brentford, Barnsley, as we as, as we record this? Are you confident that Bournemouth could, I suppose, get through a semi final? It would be against what the third place side you you guys would place, so potentially Brentford or Swansea. Would that be a, a tie that you think Bournemouth would would relish? Well, we, we beat Swansea 3-0 a few games ago and that you almost get the feeling that Swansea and Brentford are going into these last run of games. Yeah, they, they pretty much know it's going to take something pretty spectacular to catch Watford now. So they're going into it with an air of disappointment. And, um, you know, I, I remember going into the playoffs in what was League 3 as a um, <laughs> when, that, when Bournemouth won in, in Cardiff. And... We went into the playoffs, you know, gutted because we hadn't quite made um, the automatic promotions, and it takes a lot to drag yourself up and get and get through that when you're settling for second best. When, you know, frankly, almost a moment, we're quite grateful to be in the playoffs, considering how poor we were mid-season at times and how scatty our form was. You know, playing well one game and then throwing points away the next. So we're going in there quite happy to be there. I think, judging on the season as a whole. 
And I see that as a bonus. Brentford and Swansea, you know, Brentford have been there enough times. They didn't. They don't want to be there, that's for sure. They wanted to go up straight away. So I think that'll be a big advantage. We're, we're happy to be there and going in there with, with momentum, as I said earlier, uh, whereas they've sort of crawled over the line a little bit. Yeah, I really can't. I really can't call it at the moment. Who's who's gonna who's gonna nick that promotion spot at the 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 current four in in the playoffs? Because that is what it is. That's a very strong sort of playoff race, I guess that, that that is being built in the championship, and it's always incredibly difficult to to win those. As Norwich know firsthand. Um, Ross, just coming back to you. This is this is a a weird run that Norwich have got in their next three games. Obviously, that started with Derby because Derby beat them one 0 in the reverse fixture. Bournemouth beat them one 0 in the reverse fixture, and then of course after this they've got Watford who beat them one 0 in the reverse fixture. So three teams that have actually recorded wins, and there's not been many of those this season. I, I guess does does that impact things from your perspective? Does that plant a little seed of doubt? Given, I suppose when Norwich went to Dean Court, we had all that um, speculation with Todd Campwell and Emmy Buendia. They were both left out of the side. Obviously, their heads have, have, have firmly been um, been sorted out, and, and they've found form pretty wonderfully this season. Are, are you concerned the fact that Bournemouth already have a, a win over Norwich? Is that something that, that you think will will play a part this weekend? Uh, in a word, no. Uh, I just think they got this little habit this year of sort of inflicting revenge on people. Uh, I think it's something that Farker does install as if to say, this happened before, how are you going to get them back? It happened against Preston when we considered that late goal and, and Huddersfield got the, the back end of that with the 7-0. Um, and I do just feel like, I feel like this group of players and Farker in particular is probably just, it'll just be a case of, Go and prove a point. These guys beat you earlier on in the season, but now you can go and show them who's who is top dog in this division and who deserves to go and win the league by what should be a, a country mile in the end. So normally, yes, Norwich's Norwich teams of old, yeah, I probably would have worried um, and been concerned about it. But I just think now this this team, this these group of players, just relish it, and I think we could don't want to, don't want to tempt fate, but I think one of these games again, we could see another. We could see another big score. I mean, the Huddersfield game is coming. I think a lot of people could have said that this year with all the chances that we have created. We were going to not necessarily stick seven past someone, but we were going to stick stick a few goals past one team. And I do think we, I, do, I think another team could get could get it before the end of the season if um, if we could keep going the way we're going. Well, we do give people chances, which is sometimes the problem. And when you're a, a footballing side, you, you, you do give up chances like that. So uh, I think that's why one of the reasons Bournemouth did did beat City earlier in the year is the fact it was two footballing sides going up against each other and stuff can happen like that. But that that's why I'm so keen for the, the, the deal to be done before the game actually happens, because I, I really hope that could be a distraction. Um, and, and Bournemouth might be slightly more focused, but who knows? I, I'm I'm concerned about there being some revenge because there aren't many sides that have that have got one over Norwich. Um, but we've got some players who are coming into form who haven't been around for parts of this season, um, which which might provide something a little bit different. I just yeah, think Farker also will. Sorry, Connor, I just, say, I just no, think Farker, if, if it is done. And let's say Brentford and Swansea do drop the points. I just think he'll be so keen to make sure that there isn't a even a slight bit of sourness in the day. Um, he'll want the fans, he'll want all of us to be in that pub garden or be at home wherever we are and celebrate properly and do it properly. You know, it's very rare in years gone by. I think years ago under Lambert, we lost 2-0 at home to Carlisle when we when we were champions on the day. And it does just put a little bit of a 
little bit of a sour note on the day. And I just think he is definitely going to be one that's going to, and I think the players as well will take it upon themselves. I know from a Bournemouth perspective, Neil, you are going to be thinking it, there is an opportunity just normally mentally you're you're likely to just take your foot off the gas. Um, but I like to think with this group at the minute, it, it famous last words, this will probably be played on Twitter in about a week's time when we lose 2-0, but um, that it won't happen and that, yeah, we will put the foot on the gas and, and do it in style. I'm living in hope. I'm definitely living in hope, though. I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. So you're looking for any advantage at the moment. Well, yeah, looking at the kind of form Norwich have been on. Um, and yes, the, the last five games do do paint quite a rosy picture. Uh, but any team putting together five wins in the championship are going to go flying up the league. I just, I just desperately hope this isn't the wrong time to play Norwich and it puts an end to our momentum. And then, and then we're struggling to, to hang on to a, to a, to a place because that, that little pocket of points we've got at the moment can disappear very quickly if we um, if if we lose on Saturday. Yeah, the championship's got a good way, hasn't it, of catching you on the chin if you think you've uh, if you think you've cracked it. That's for sure. Um, Ross, just to uh, just before we we come to Neil and, and speak about Jonathan Woodgate, um, Andrew Omavamadile, I just want to speak to uh, about him a little bit. And you kind of mentioned it there about Farker and his focus. We saw that after the seven nil, didn't we, when he was on the pitch talking him through his positioning, a, a defensive throw in. That kind of shows the the relentless pursuit of perfection, I guess, that, that Norwich's head coach has. But just in, in terms of him, uh, do you see this being his toughest test so far in terms of the quality and calibre of opponent that he's going to come up against at the weekend? And if so, how big of a test is that going to be for him? 18 years old, of course, that he's looked so assured in his in his first three games uh, for Norwich City. Yeah, he has. And I think it's important that we sort of go down that FARC mentality of if he does have a few good games here against, let's be honest, bit better quality than what he probably has been up against recently let's not get too high about him and let's not you know rave about him too much but at the same time if he if he does struggle a little bit you know let's not get on his back as us Norwich fans tend to do with our younger homegrown players um and let's see what happens Let, let's be honest you know this is a perfect opportunity for him to put himself out there to to get a decent loan move in the championship for next year because essentially I think that's that's what is likely to happen I think for his own development and the way that Weber's worked um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he goes out on loan somewhere in the championship um, next year so it's a perfect opportunity for him to to really put himself out there and and A, prove that he can they can um, be in addition to the squad next year to the Premier League squad next year or get himself a move away and I, I think it's a bit yeah like I say he's, he's not had the the toughest of opposition as of yet, but he's put his head in where he needs to be and he just looks really calm and composed for an 18-year-old lad. You know, I was, I was still doing paper rounds at age 18, so I don't really think about standing at the centre halfway at Preston on a, on, a, on a good Friday. But yeah, look, a good, good player, good from what we've seen so far, but let's not get too high if he plays well and let's not get on his back if he if he struggles in the next two games and let's, let's see what next season brings for him. Yeah, let's let's certainly not adopt the approach of of some pundits in the Irish media who are quick to uh, liken him to a young Rio Ferdinand, which feels a bit premature after three three senior appearances. But there you go, um, Neil. Let, let, let's come to you then. And speak about Jonathan Woodgate because I think a lot of fans, maybe outside of Bournemouth, and perhaps some Bournemouth fans felt like this as well, probably felt a little bit. Uh, Confused maybe is, is the words that, that Woodgate was given the job until the end of the season after perhaps what was perceived to be a fairly failed reign at, at Middlesbrough last season. But it turns out that he's, he's, he seems to be, at least at the moment, the right man for the job. What's, what's your view, I suppose, on the job he's done so far? 
Well, well, I think when he was he was named, um, there have been so many names you know chucked around about who could come in and, and take over. I think some people felt a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah, when it's often the he seemed the easy choice at the time. Um, but Bournemouth fans, we do tend to be relatively understanding. We 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 tend to give people a bit of time in recent years, and and you know stuck with 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 Eddie even when things weren't going so well. Um, but for me, he's he's said the right things. He's got on with it, and he's been getting a tune out of players who maybe weren't doing much before that or were a bit inconsistent. So you can't criticize him when he's when he's done what he's done so far he's taken us from what was rapidly fading into a you know a mid you know mid table kind of season and got some players playing you know uh, you know Dan Juma has been you know watching him in some of his last games he's been pretty frightening for example you know watching him um running at Huddersfield you know I don't think anyone would like to face him um when at times earlier in the season maybe a bit inconsistent not you know floating in and out of games when he was when he was playing but he's he's really kicked on um and it, it just seems to be working so if it's working let's not let's not rock the boat and, and on this you know on, on this evidence he deserves to be given a bit a bit longer um you know you're saying his his time at middlesbrough was was seen as a failure did he need more time who knows um he he hasn't done a bad job for us he's getting us where we need to be um from you know, he hasn't been able to add much, anything to it, so you know, all credit to him. Mm, and, and I think also there's there's maybe um, a factor to take into consideration that at Bournemouth he's probably got a better squad than he had at Middlesbrough. And I think at, at Borough he tried to change the style a little bit without too much success. Maybe didn't have the players necessarily to play how he wanted to play, and that, that's certainly not the case at Bournemouth, it seems. Um, just to reflect on Jason Tindall um, quickly, he's obviously popped up at Sheffield United now, hasn't he? But that was kind of the... He was Eddie Howe's what right hand man, assistant manager for all those years. Is is the way that it panned out for him in the end a little bit sad as a Bournemouth fan, given the relationship that that him and Eddie had? Absolutely, it's it was. You desperately wanted him to be able to kick on and and uh, and deliver a bit of the magic that Eddie had earlier on that 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 faded a little towards the end in that last season when it just. It, you just watched it fall to well, much as it did for, for Norwich. Really, both sides just sort of disintegrated after the lockdown, and just and just could, couldn't really get back on top of things. Even though there were good players in both squads and they were both capable of winning games, it just it just completely faded away, and there was no there was no fight towards the end uh, from what I what I saw. Um, and you just hoped he'd be able to pick up the pieces, put it back together again, and, and see them them push on. You know, he'd he'd help them up through the leagues with Eddie. But it just wasn't it just wasn't working and it probably was the right thing to do. But you just you, know, you felt you felt sad. You just desperately wanted him to work because he, he always comes across as such a, a nice guy. He always seemed to talk, talk sense. Um, but if it's not working, yeah, we knew how important it was to, to at least have a stab at the playoffs rather than just let the whole season fade away. Because if the whole season had faded away, you know, then we start losing players. Um during the summer, people don't feel like we're part of the the mix to go back up again, and it's very hard to turn that that ship around. You can look at an awful lot of teams down the bottom of the the championship where you know their part their moment has gone when they needed to bounce back again. Um, so yeah, sad sad it came to that for him, but I think it was the right decision ultimately because it just it just wasn't working. 
Yeah, I, I said to someone around Christmas, it, it continually felt to me like when Neil Adams had a spell in charge of Norwich and maybe sort of wrong man, wrong time, sort of that sort of that sort of element. But but yeah, it, w- it was a shame. Um, Ross, I'm, I'm trying to think about your health here, I suppose, to some extent. But if Norwich City, uh, I, I suppose, get promoted at a half past two, that's a lot of drinking time you have for the remainder of the day. So is it better for you if it gets done later or or, or earlier? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got to admit, I went to the pub last night to watch the Liverpool game and, and only had a few pints on a school night. And I woke up this morning and it felt like I'd had about 10. So, um, yeah, maybe may maybe uh, a bit later m- might be better for, from my from my perspective, quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and obviously, uh, I've got to ask you, well, we've got you here, player of the season vote now open. Uh, have you voted? And if so, who's your who's your vote going to? Because I, I think there's probably, um, well, I wrote this this morning, actually, that you could probably make a case for every single Norwich City player. But who, who are you leaning towards in, in your vote? Uh, I have cast my vote. My vote is uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, not a joke, because I think he's brilliant. Um, but me and me and Kenny McLean, I've got a bit of history. Uh, his number has won me a bit of money on roulette at Newcastle away just pre-COVID. And ever since then, and pr- even before then, I uh, was just a huge Kenny McLean fan. I'd like to think he made the top three. Um, I, I, I've made a comment or two here or there, which has got me a lot of stick. And I know I know, Emmy will most likely win it. And there's no doubt in that in years to come, we're going to look back and think this guy is just something we're not going to see very often in in our life in my lifetime um watching Norwich um my what I, what I would say is in terms of a whole season and we've got to look back at the whole season we don't know what went on behind the scenes early doors whether he did throw his toys out the pram whether he just wasn't mentally ready whatever happened um a couple of red cards in there I'm not I'm not taking away from how brilliant he is by the way I'm just saying a player of the season consistency for me Skippy has to win it on that basis for someone who's played every game by one um been consistently brilliant what we missed what i talked about earlier that sort of grit fight backbone he's everything we missed last year um and for me i just think from a player of the season vote for me that's where it goes but there's no doubt in buendia's talent and and his quality and like i say it's it's one of those once in a lifetime sort of you know, you get the odd one here and there. Your Wes Houlihan type of player just can do things that others others can't. And if he wins it, I'm not going to stand there and boo him. But I just think I'm just I'm just purely looking at it from a from a looking at all the aspects of it. Um, like I say, a couple of red cards, which luckily didn't cost us. But um, and and obviously the fiasco at the start of the season. Um, but in an ideal world, I'd have Skippy, Emmy, and uh, and my man Kenny McLean in, in number three. But Hanley deserves to be up there as well. To be fair to him, so do you, do you know what you're not? You, you're not actually the first person who's told me they voted for Kenny McLean. So I'm wondering if he's a little bit of a dark horse in this race that that maybe hasn't necessarily been mentioned. But yeah, I think I think you make I think you make some some good points there. It's going to be interesting to see who who does come out on 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 top. Um, Neil, um, as as we look ahead to this game and, and ask you for a prediction, it's it's quite difficult because it feels like I should almost ask you for two predictions. One being if Norwich are promoted earlier on in the day and one if they haven't been. So, yeah, I guess in, in, in essence, I'm asking for two predictions there, really. How, how do you see this game going if both of those situations pan out? I'm going to be optimistic. Um, I'll say that if it's done and dusted um, before it goes goes to the... Um, uh, before actually the game starts, I would say it'd be a 1-0 uh, Bournemouth win. 
Um, if it's not done and dusted, I would probably, I, I, I would fear it definitely, and I would probably say it would go to Norwich 2 0. Okay, Ross, I'll, I'll throw it over to you then. Same, I guess, with, with the two predictions this week. I think that's the first time I've ever asked for two predictions based on different situations. But of course, we, we have to take that into account. So uh, let's hear what you think, of course, if Norwich have it done by 2.30 or, or if they have to wait until their game. I have to say, fair play to Neil for thinking they'll keep a clean sheet, even if we have got our... Uh... <laughs> I've got our backsides on the Sun Lounges, to be fair. But, I mean, we get 2-1 ball with Wynn. I don't know. If we've got it done uh, beforehand, I, I still win the game. I still think we win 2-1. Um, and if it's not done and there is still something to play for, uh, I honestly think it could be 4 or 5. And that's just that's not me being overconfident. I just think this team and this players, they I think they'll just go out there and try and prove a point to people, with it being on Sky as well. So I do think with, with a game like this, with, with the potential for there being a really weird setup around it, the fact that it was it's all, it could already be done and dusted, that is always the potential for weird results. That could be the weird result with Bournemouth keeping a clean sheet. At, at, and and yeah. as I say, it normally you would never normally suggest that when you're coming up a team against a team like Norwich with the amount of attacking potential there is. But then, as you say there, it could easily be four or five, just because it's a weird scenario if the game's already done. And I think it could be an odd result as a as a as as a result of that, I suppose. And and of course, there's a chance of this being all very anticlimactic, anyway, isn't there? And Bournemouth, Norwich having an opportunity to get promoted and, and actually falling short against, as as Neil spoken about, a very informed Bournemouth side. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Of course, Pinkin.com, the place to follow it as it happens, will uh, will be at Carrow Road on Saturday evening. Uh, could be as as we've spoken about over the last half an hour or so, a really surreal occasion I think at Carrow with Norwich City potentially being able to secure promotion in front of absolutely nobody um, uh, so so yeah well worth following and of course we'll keep you up to date with all the various permutations throughout the day Ross Neil thank you so much for for joining me uh, we're hoping to uh, host a live terrace talk on Sunday if Norwich City do get promoted at uh, seven o'clock in the evening so we'll have uh, lots of Norwich City fans on and it'll just be hopefully an hour of celebration but uh, completely forget uh, forget I said that if of course Bournemouth win and, and Norwich aren't promoted so uh, we'll, we'll have to see gents thank you very much thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again very very soon